0: We decide.
1: Well, we should make it a topic. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't take German in school. I barely took, I took Spanish and I don't remember any of it.
0: Three Fates Decide Podcast. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Three Fates Decide. My name is Sam. I'm here with my two co-hosts, Mary and Liz. Say hello. Hello. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about uh, fiction writing or our favorite published authors. Um, Something that the three of us have kind of talked little bits and pieces over the past couple of, you know, past episodes where we brought up certain uh, series of books and things like that. So now we figured let's just go right into that topic. So I guess uh, I'll start with... uh, What's everyone's favorite author or series?
1: Well, for me, I have I have several. Uh, my all-time favorite, one hundred percent, that I go back to a thousand times over again is um, the Sherlock Holmes. I love Sherlock Holmes. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle has to be one of my absolute favorite authors. Um, mm. yeah. Another one, he uh, is Edgar Allan Poe. I know he was more of a mm-hmm. poet, but he also did do the short stories. And I absolutely love his stuff. I think A Telltale Heart is probably my favorite.
0: That was my favorite, too. I yeah. loved that story.
1: Then it's, there's just, uh, there's something about that. That and the the, uh, uh, the cast of um, Amandatato, I think is how it's pronounced. I'm not really sure. I've never been able to pronounce that correctly is another good one that I like by him. Uh of course, like some of the more um recent stuff would be like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. Even though The Hobbit's like a prequel to The Lord of the Rings, but it's its own special kind of special kind of book to read. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So those are just some of my favorites.
2: There you
0: go. Um, for me, I, uh, I'm actually very into Shakespeare.
1: Yeah. Um, I remember
0: Perfect. learning, you know, obviously, like in high school, you read like Romeo, Juliet and stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. my senior year of English, it was all Shakespeare. And it really just made me appreciate like I actually enjoy old English. And I actually can understand it. So mm-hmm. oh, very into really,
2: Shakespeare. Like, oh, you mean like really old English or just Shakespeare? Yeah, like
0: like so that like brings me I like Jane Austen, so like Pride and Prejudice, like I love that book. And it's so hard to read because it's all old English.
2: And uh it's well Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean that's okay. Uh, For people who happen to be very obsessive linguists, you gotta be careful when you say Old English, you know, because there's what we colloquially would call Old English, and then there's what is actually Old English, so.
1: Chaucer. Chaucer, in 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 his original writings, which I have read, mind you, and it is extremely difficult, that. Is what I would consider quote unquote old English. It's like
2: good, yeah, god. I, yeah. I mean, I can't remember if they actually categorize that as middle English or old English.
1: I think it's middle English, actually. It's middle English, yeah,
2: yeah, because but, from,
1: that is friggin' hard to read in oh, yeah, middle English. And I've oh, read yeah. it, exactly. oh, my god,
2: oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because like I remember I had um this English teacher who's a big f- sh- her specialty was mid medieval and Ar- Arthurian legends
1: mm-hmm.
2: and she well she's I don't know if she's actually fluent in like middle English but obviously if you if your are if your speciality is you know that type of literature you would have read at least a little bit of the original text and that would be definitely obviously mid- middle English But so anything older than that would be old would be old English, which from my understanding is more similar to German and also a bit of uh, Swedish slash uh, Danish Norwegian. Because actually, okay, this this is definitely on topic. So um, there is this YouTuber I would have to I, I could try to find the actual channel and put it in the show notes but um he actually has these videos where he does speak a little bit of actual old English and when you hear it it's like you could actually hear a little bit of German in there which kind of makes sense so it's it's very fascinating listening to this guy speaking it and trying to actually figure out what he's actually saying because he he actually quizzed some other ling you know language enthusiasts to see if they could figure out what he's saying to them in Old English. And it's it's, it's amazing how much, even though it's Old English, there are still bits of the word you could sort of puzzle out if you really think about it. Because in our modern English, the etymology has certain rules based off of what the original language it came from works. So you could s- kind of puzzle it out, which is fun. If you're nerdy about that sort of thing.
0: Um, I, I mean, I guess the only others, I like uh, Danielle Steele. So, like, I'm kind of into, like, romance novels. And then, um, obviously, like I mentioned in previous episodes, Harry Potter, um, The Hunger Games. Um, I like some Stephen King novels. Um, I'm really into either, like, the science fiction or, like, the thriller um, mystery-type novels as well. So, that's pretty much it for me.
1: Okay.
2: Um, So, my absolute favorite novel that I regularly turn back to um, is Pride and Prejudice. It captured my imagination when I was in middle school. And, uh, of course, it does help a little bit that uh, the leading lady and I share the same name. Um, And, of course, it completely warped my own sense of romanticism because now I'm, like, one of those millions of people, millions of women that, like, fantasize about my own Mr. Darcy. But who the hell knows if he actually exists anywhere. Um, I would say, actually, this may be surprising to some people, but actually another... um, favorite is not your typical novel. It's actually a manga series. Um for those of for those of you out there who also enjoy manga, one of my absolute favorite series is actually this one title called um Fruits Basket. It's by a uh artist writer, um, which in Japanese would be called a manga ka. Um, her name is Natsuki Takaya. Um, the last name is Takaya so what i love about that series is that um it's it it starts out with a kind of silly premise like you have a girl in high school she ends up through various situations ends up living in the same house as one of her classmates who is a boy and she accidentally discovers that certain members of his family are cursed. Where if they get hugged by somebody of the opposite sex, they turn into one of the animals in the Chinese slash lunar zodiac. So you hug one person, he could turn into a cow, another person he turns into a dog, another person he turns into a snake, etc. Um, that that it's both kind of a funny series because of that premise, but also it's it gets surprisingly uh serious and dramatic. But um, anybody who's actually interested in that sort of thing, I'll let you check it out and figure that one out for yourselves. Um, and actually, speaking of romance novels, actually one of my favorite writers is technically kind of a hot writer right now because one of her book series that she's written is has been adapted on Netflix, which I'm sure many of you may have heard of. Bridgerton. Hen. Um, I am actually a very big fan of Julia Quinn. I've read. Not all of her novels, but I've read many of them. And if you enjoy Jane Austen, I would say you would probably enjoy her work as well. Because it's set in roughly the same Regency time period. Well, technically, I guess technically it would be considered Georgian. Because I think, I don't think it, or maybe it is Regency. I can't remember. Uh but anyway, it's like roughly that time period. So if you enjoy romance novels and you also enjoy the whole Jane Austen, you know, Regency period thing, then you would enjoy her as well. Uh, and I also enjoyed Hunger Games, uh Harry Potter, etc. as well. So, yeah. Um that's it. <laughs> Those are my favorites. Um Trying to think <laughs> yeah, where no, to go from here.
1: Do. Um Okay, so if you had to pick one book, say, besides your absolute favorite, um, which for for Liz is uh, Pride and Prejudice, myself is um, Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, Sherlock Holmes, and Sam, I'm not sure what you said your absolute favorite go-to was, I don't know if you did say, but if you had to pick one besides that, what book could you pick up and read over and over and over again? and why Hmm.
0: I don't even know if I have an absolute favorite to begin with so but I mean I guess like a book that I could I've read Harry Potter like multiple times so really like that would probably be up there um, as well as some of the um, Danielle Steele novels especially Uh, Mm -hmm. there's a series oh my god what is it called I'll find the series name. Um, and that would be the other one for me.
1: Liz.
2: Actually, I do have one. Um, it's been a while since I read it, but um it's actually a Spanish novel. Obviously, I read the English translation because I'm not fluent in Spanish, but um mm-hmm. it's very good. I highly recommend it to people, and I think it was a New York Times bestseller at one point. Um the english name of it is called the time in between um the author's name is maria dueñas um actually for for those of you who are fluent in spanish and you want to try reading you know the original you know not the um the the um original spanish um the uh spanish name is um el um el tiempo de um i think it's el tiempo uh the the Costuras. Let me let me quickly look it up. Um but um the book is really good um because it's actually a period uh book, but it's also a spy thriller, actually. Um the story starts in uh the 1930s Spain and then it moves to Morocco. And then a bulk of the book takes place in Morocco and it eventually transitions into World War II, which is where the whole spy aspect comes in. Um because the main character ends up getting involved with espionage um against the Nazis, uh, for British intelligence. Um, and it's, it's very good. It's, it's very good series. I mean, in fact, um, in Spain, they did adapt the book into a mini series, which I saw when it was on Netflix temporarily and it was very good. I highly recommend it. Um, uh, oh okay so I looked up the actual name so the original Spanish title again for anybody who is fluent in Spanish and wants to read the original um in Spanish um it's El tiempo entre costuras So But yeah I so if you enjoy like 1930s 1940s novel like setting and you enjoy like a spy thriller that is definitely a book I would highly recommend I I've I must have read it at least 5 6 times Originally I got it as an ebook. Um, funny enough. Uh, I have um an account on Kobo and that's where I get most of my ebooks from. And initially I got it when the book was like under five bucks during a promo period. And I read the book at least five, six times. And eventually I realized I enjoyed the story so much I physic I bought a physical copy of the book, which I'm very careful of because you know I have too many books and not enough space, so I'm very picky about what physical books I buy now. And all I can say is that if I enjoy a book that much, it's worth buying a physical copy.
1: <laughs> um, for me, uh, I would have to say a couple of the authors that I didn't mention that I'm huge fans of that I constantly love um, are Steve Berry um James Rawlings and um Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child they are two authors they they co-write um books together and i would have to say if i was going to pick an absolute favorite besides going back to my Sherlock Holmes which is like for me Sherlock is like a comfort character at this point he's like when i'm stressed out i i read his stuff and i i go and i fall into the uh, sh- the um sherlockian world i you could say and i'm puzzling out the the puzzles with him but for me i would have to say probably douglas preston and lincoln child they have a series it's called the pendergast series um he's he's a character that's in most in most of their novels that they're they're known for I would have to say those would probably be my next go-to books of what I read over and over and over again, because they're like murder mystery world adventure type books, which I absolutely love. Um,
2: Actually, I have a question for you guys. So um, we've all, whether you want to call it dabbling or practicing writing, fiction writing especially, Mm -hmm. do you have any particular writers whether they're your favorites or they're not necessarily your favorites but you enjoy their work do you have any particular writers you would say taught you anything about writing or how to develop your own writing style or technical abilities
1: uh
0: I still don't know how to write. I write so much and I still don't even know what the hell I'm doing. I just write. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think I, I, I think if anything, I more look so that I write correctly, quote unquote, like, you know, that's not like just run on paragraphs and stuff like that. Like that, that's more what I look
2: Mm -hmm.
0: at um, because there are even just published books, as we've talked about before, like the Fifty Shades of Grey series that are just terribly, terribly written. So uh, not that my stories will ever be published like that, but um, yeah, I I just want to make sure that I write like a, you know, like a legit person, like how it should be. Um, But in terms of like style or whatever... No, I I don't I don't think I've looked at anyone and like, you know, use them as like inspiration, quote unquote, at least for me.
1: I know for me, um, Anne Rice is probably is another good one that I like. And I, I would love to be able to emulate her writing style. Not necessarily emulate her and her world and her characters because she has given birth to an amazingly vivid world of vampires that to me is like, that's the holy grail of vampires. Uh, But like the way she writes and how she brings the characters to life, I've always wished I could emulate that and like bring that bring that into my own style of writing because I don't ever want to be the same as everybody else out there. Even though I, my writing, I'm like you, Sam, my writing, it's not good. I write for me. I mean, but I've actually gotten away from it. I need to get back into it for myself. But I would say if anybody, I would love to be able to emulate the, the vivid world that she has brought to life, her and like Tolkien and, all the huge writers that have written all these epics, even uh, George R. R. Martin. I mean, which we'll be talking about in another in another episode. Just his world and his writing, and just the way he brought it to life. I wish I could yeah. do that with my writing, but I'm nowhere near to that level yet.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely um i guess for me again because she is you know because pride and prejudice is is my favorite novel um i would say it's not so much i'm trying to again like like what you guys were saying it's not so much i'm trying to copy a particular author or any such thing because you know that's just kind of silly and not very you know embracing of your own voice Mm -hmm. if you will but what i i would say for me certain authors, what they do is they kind of teach me how maybe there are certain techniques I should take into consideration or certain philosophies I should take into consideration in my own writing. Like for Jane Austen, one of the biggest things she taught me is that you can write a book that may not have the most complicated plot, but... You know it's both about what you know, and yet there's so many varieties and variations of ways to tell a story about something you know and also, what I appreciate about her is that she makes it acceptable to be humorous and witty and um, almost sarcastic about um, things that you think are wrong or stupid or whatever. Actually, if anything, my She definitely developed what I view is like the best humor, the best comedy, is um, the sarcastic, witty, observational kind of humor. Not like you're. It's like it's like modern comedy. So much of it is like slapstick and you know fart jokes and sex jokes and stuff like that, which can be very funny. But at the same time, it's like you know, it can get overkill if you know most of your movie or whatever is that kind of humor. I don't
1: like comedies anymore.
2: Yeah. It's like <laughs> I that's why like I really enjoy Jane Austen's kind of work like, you know, her her right like her writing because she is actually like her writing does get very funny and, and and it's very sarcastic and it's done in a way where it's not insulting necessarily, but it definitely pokes fun. At things that she views is not right or not good or just straight up silly to her, and mm-hmm. people just either accept it or they ignore the fact that it's silly, but she's like no no that that is that is somebody with a rubber chicken on their head, <laughs> you know so so i so that that definitely um informed my what I appreciate what I view as like good comedy um and like you were saying before about george r, r. martin what I really enjoyed about his uh, Song of Ice and Fire series is the fact that he does such a great job with playing around with narrative and perspective because, you know, for those Mm -hmm. of you who don't know the novels, obviously I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, for the in the actual novels that, you know, Game of Thrones is based off of each chapter Of the book is in the perspective of actual characters in the story. So, you know, for those of you who are familiar with the show, in season one, one of the main characters that you follow is, you know, Sean Bean's character, who is Ned Stark. And, you know, you'll have a chapter, you'll have like different chapters in the book that are in Ned's perspective. So you get his thoughts and his ideas about what's going on and you know you, you, so you you understand what his viewpoint is but at the same time you're also listening in on conversations he's involved in and you can start to kind of piece together in between like you as the third person audience you are listening on the conversation that he's in with the other character and you as the outsider you could start reading into what the other character is actually saying maybe ned doesn't realize himself because since you're the reader you can switch between different characters when you read the other chapters so you may know more information than he does so it just adds to the tension Mm -hmm. happening in the story because of the fact you as the audience you know more than what these characters know and it's like you already could sense that such and such character is about to walk into a trap that they don't realize that they stepped into. Things like that. I mean, how amazing is it that, you know, if you could be able to write like that, that's what I w- would love to learn more how to do.
1: Yeah. That, that's why I said I would love to be able to emulate their writing styles, not copy them, but bring their, the way they write into my own personal writings like give my twist on on it like right. like you said with with George R R Martin him being a, him doing chapters in different people's points of view and their perspectives and so you're you're constantly getting an ever changing evolving world that is his his series of of novels to and it's like he it like it pulls you in. That's right. what I love. I love a novel that will pull you into it, into the story and you feel like you're you're right there with them. Right. That exactly. that's I love authors that can do that. That can literally make it so I feel like I'm right there with it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um just as a tiny preview to our listeners we are actually eventually going to do a george r R. martin slash song of ice and fire slash game of thrones episode you know down the road so we will definitely expand upon this a little further yes
1: um
2: will. yeah um i guess like one last bit related to uh mr martin here that i'm gonna bring up um he one of like the one of his bits of like i wouldn't say advice but like one of his bits of personal writing philosophy that he's talked about is actually a quote he gave um is actually a quote from William Faulkner actually where he talks about like um he wanted to write especially with the you know with a song of ice and fire is that he wanted to write um characters where the human heart is in conflict with itself which I thought is a brilliant quote it's a brilliant saying because when you think about it, it is, you know, a really well developed character with a really intriguing plot for the character. If the, with, you know, because like in any story, you have character and they have, they get into a situation, AKA the conflict, which, mm-hmm. you know, stimulates the journey and the plot that they have to go through. And with this quote, it's like, the conflict is not necessarily an outside conflict, which is like the classic thing, like, you know, like good versus evil. You have to fight a monster or a dragon or whatever. But the concept that the conflict is in your own heart, like you are at war with different sides of yourself, different choices you have to make, whether this may be politically advantageous for you, but it means that you have to allow, like, say an innocent village to be destroyed by you know the other army if it means that you could later get an advantage over said you know opposing army in the big battle in a couple of days you know even though it's morally wrong to let these innocent people who are your you know your 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 you know your subjects to be killed like this for the purposes of ultimately defeating them, you have to allow it to happen. What, you know, it's like the moral quandary. That is what I think is like amazing, you know, in terms of like how to write a very complex character and a very complex plot because, you know, it it's also mm-hmm. a reflection of who we are as people. Like I mean, granted we don't have to make those kind of decisions, but you know, you know, we all end up in a situation where we have to make a decision that maybe conflicting with what we may normally believe in but there may actually be a reason we have to do this thing so right um, anything um, for you, i have a
0: question mm-hmm. is there any genre you have zero interest in reading hmm.
1: political mm. I, I i just like anything to do with political the political stuff. Although I, I'm kind of contradicting myself on this one here. Just, just, just a tad. I did just recently buy a book. I haven't started it yet. Um, It's called The Secret Wife of Aaron Burr. And as we know, Aaron Burr was a former vice president way back in time. (laughs) Way back in time. His most notable um, claim to fame is he shot Andrew Jackson. In a duel, and Alexander Hamilton. Okay, Hamilton. Sorry. I know that because I'm in
0: love with out Al- with Hamilton the musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, and good, I actually right? do. I actually do remember because you know one of New Jersey's claim claim to fame is that Alexander Hamilton and his son both died in Weehawken at, at the same in the same place like a year or so apart Mm
1: -hmm. so i
0: like that's like the one thing in history that i remember but anyway continue
1: right so i actually haven't started it yet but so that's like so that that type of political right i I mean if it's about a political figure like their life i'm interested in it but if it has to do with like actual political like you know there are political books out there that talk about politics oh absolutely I have no interest in reading those. None. Yeah. Not that I don't have an interest in politics. I do. I, I mean, I care about what's going on in the country and the world. I mean, I may not be as up to date on it as I probably should be. I mean, I admit that. But yeah, anything like straight up political, I'm, I'm, I'm not not interested in it. Like, just take it somewhere else.
0: Yeah. Like, I. Um. I read, like, The Killing series like Bill O'Reilly so like Killing Jesus, Killing Kennedy right, right. Killing Lincoln My dad
1: has read that series yeah he's read some, several of them not all of them but he's read several of them.
0: I did actually like the books. I'm not a big fan of Bill O'Reilly but I am a big fan of those books um, but yeah mm-hmm. no I, I agree definitely more of like you know the, like the conspiracy you know type things like there's so many people that come out with books after like major things happen like um like when 9-11 happened and and all that stuff like I I hate those books that try and like prove how yeah national tragedy or just any tragedy is fake or something like that and then like obviously like the political Mm -hmm. stuff uh I'm definitely
2: not into either huh that's kind of a tricky one um I guess I have a tendency to not generally read horror because I mean, I definitely don't like horror movies. Um, I'm not, I generally don't read those kind of books either. Um, I might be willing to read things like Stephen King just because I heard they're very good, but just in general, I don't really read horror stuff. Um,
1: yeah, I like Stephen King. I think he's probably, I, I think that's about the only quote unquote horror books that I really read
2: right same thing with Anne Rice um I read a little bit of Anne Rice um but but like just just broadly speaking you know Mm -hmm. um I don't really read horror um I don't really read that much sci-fi like pure sci-fi um I will read stuff where there's like some sci-fi elements but just purely sci-fi I haven't really dived deep into that Mm -hmm. either um i think the only high fantasy that i've ever read has been like you know uh the hobbit but i've never actually dived deep into you know high fantasy um like you know things like you know uh, a song of ice and fire which is like what they call low fantasy i think it is that i've read more of in general but a lot of the high fantasy stuff i haven't gotten into it much um i don't know i seem to gear more towards like books where they mix genres a little bit more so they're not like purely mystery novels or purely romance novels they like cross a little bit just because it i i personally feel like it just varies up the stories a bit more if you mix a little bit and that Mm -hmm. versus just sticking with one thing um Hmm. that's all I can think about the top of my head
0: um and I think I know like we've kind of said it as or you guys have said it as we've gone along but what I guess attracts you the most to like a story because like I know like there's been plenty of times like I have started reading a book and it's been boring as anything and then like I just never finish it (laughs) but like what captures you to you know like where you have like that book that you just can't put it down because it's just that good.
1: Uh for me, um I'll have to, I'm gonna have to start with a book that I read. It's called it's called Relic or The Relic, I think. It's either Relic or The Relic. It's been a while since I've read it to be honest with you. No, it's called Relic by uh, Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. Um it's the first novel that we meet um especially Agent Pendergast in. And to just the way they write, it's it just kind of at first you're just kind of like this is a little this is seems like every other book I've ever read, by you know just it seems like every other mystery novel that I've ever read or adventure you know just like you're run of the mill, but then but then you get to what happens and then you meet pendergast and for me it's usually one or two characters especially if i'm reading a a a series of books with that that feature the same characters like that's see i tend to like books like that that feature a main character that's like throughout all the books which is why i like Things like um Sherlock Holmes and those type of books because it's the same character over and over and over again. So you really get to know the character, you really get to know who they are and what makes them tick. And it's just the fact that he's just he's so unorthodox as an FBI agent that it just it just draws you in and it makes you go, I want to know more about this guy. What makes this guy tick? What makes him act the way he acts? What happened? to him in his personal life in his background that makes him the way he is today and how he's able to do the things he does today and solve the the crimes and mysteries that he does today that's what really draws me in it's usually one character
0: um yeah for me it's a lot of it tends to be like the emotion i guess like And, like, if it has me, um, uh, wanting to know, like you said, like, why certain things are happening, um, so, like, an example, and I, I lied before, uh, the series that I like is not Danielle Steele, it's actually Joanna Lindsay, the romance, uh, novels that I like, it's The Mallory Family. And like, as I'm reading it, like, like you said, you get to learn these characters because it's a huge series and mm-hmm. you get to learn these characters and you get to kind of see why they are the way that they are and why they act the way that they act. Plus it is, you know, set in England, like right after the Revolutionary War and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. And you get to learn about, um, you know, the the season in England, you know, co- you know the coming out parties and how it, it was with, um, you know, if a lady was was alone with a man, like how bad that could get and all that stuff. But it's like the emotion of it, like how these characters react. And I want to know, well, why are they reacting a certain way? And like that kind of mm-hmm. starts feeding me into wanting to know more. And obviously not just with the romance novels, but really all of them. Like if you can get me emotionally then I'm pretty much like sold. (laughs) And especially like when you make me cry. Like if you can make me cry, uh, um, like uh, I'm just going to say for like Harry Potter in the last book when Hedwig died, like an owl. An owl. And I was sobbing. I had to to close the book because I was
1: sobbing (laughs) so hard. I know. Well, um, um, any of the deaths, in in those series it's just like some of them were just like why other than to torture this other than to torture poor harry are you doing this it's like there was no reason for this to happen
2: yep yeah um for me it's pretty similar to what you were saying sam it's like ultimately what keeps me interested in Any kind of novel I'm reading is, um, well, one of of the biggest things is actually the main character or the main characters of the story, as the case may be, I actually have to care about these characters. Like, do I even like you or not? Because if I think you are an irritating twerp, you know, that I hope that, you know, the dragon is going to eat you. in the next couple of chapters then yeah i then i then i'm done i'm just done with the book i mean i have read well not too many because i'm you know i i i'm pretty careful about what kind of books i read mainly because um you know just the blurbs where that they have on like the back cover or whatever to describe what the book is about usually that is like the first level security if you will of like whether this is going to convince me to even read this or not because Uh if that blurb premise is not interesting to me then i am not going to read it but then the next level is when i actually start reading it within the first few chapters do i basically give a shit about this character you know to be extremely blunt about it because if you cannot make me care about, you know, Jane Doe going, you know, mm-hmm. going to, you know, have this adventure in this, you know, fantasy world she accidentally stumbled into because she fell, you know, into, a, you know, a magical lake or something. Um, then, you know, I don't care I won't care what happens to her when she gets into this magical mm-hmm. land because if you don't make her appealing to me within those first few chapters and I don't care what happens to her. I you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm done. And I have unfortunately came across a couple of books where the premise sounded kind of interesting but then by the time I was like a third into the book I'm like god this person is so damn annoying. And yet she's the leading lady, if you will, of the story. And I'm just so sick and tired of her. She's just being a pain in the butt for no real reason. And she just doesn't get it that she's annoying. And you know, I, you know, if I'm feeling this way about this character, then like I'm done. I'm just done. I can't I can't read it anymore. <laughs> yeah, over. I'm with you. That
1: that that was me with uh, 50 shades of gray. Inquiry. Yeah, like if if you
0: don't ca- if you don't care for the characters, there's no reason to read. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: The Although book- I I read I read all of the Twilight books just because I needed to see exactly how bad it was, and I mean it it exceeded my expectations in being horrible. Oh yeah, but absolutely. Fifty Shades of Grey. I literally couldn't even get through the first book i think i was i think i got about a fourth of the way through it and i was just like this is horrible and i've never yeah. gone back to, I, I i never read the rest i just i can't do it exactly exactly yeah, that's what you- i'm saying
2: is yeah i mean if you like literally it's like if this is the main character or the main characters of the story if the author can't make me like them, then why do I have to care what happens to them? Like I said before, why do I have to care if you know they have to fight a dragon? Because if they're annoying the heck out of me, then you know what? I want the dragon to win. I want the dragon to win and eat them and put them right. out of their misery and my misery, right? And now, exactly, you know that that that's the thing. That is one of those linchpin things that can make or break a novel for me is that i need to give a damn about these people. I need to care.
1: Now, i have read some novels that i will admit i've nearly put down and i will say the lord of the rings and the hobbit are two of them. Because they are so they're very difficult to get it to get into to start. So you kind of have to slog through a few chapters like just keep just keep going and it gets so much better and it really pulls you in but because i mean i love the hobbit and i love the lord those are some of those are amazing books but it's just like sometimes it's like oh god i have to slog through this to try to get into it you know
2: yeah that's funny yeah no no sorry sorry i interrupted
1: no it's okay it's just Trying to get through those first few chapters where you're like, okay, it's a little slow. Trying to, and then it gets so much better after you really stick with it.
2: Right. Yeah. Funny enough for me, I kind of felt that way when I tried reading Victor Hugo. Actually. Um, Yeah. Yeah, because I yeah because like like a lot of people who enjoys musical theater, Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy. Le Miserable. But mm-hmm. you know, it's very hard to read the book. So there's like two basically two different basic editions you can read. You could read the edited down version or the original, you know, full novel version. So for most people, you would want to read the the edited down version because basically I th- I could be wrong, but I think when Hugo wrote the novel, he was doing it in a similar way to how uh, Dickens wrote his novels, where they were originally published in a magazine, in a literary magazine, where you basically get paid by the word. Mm -hmm. So, there are chapters where he dives deep into descriptions and almost like the history of France, to a certain degree. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Which, if you are really interested in history, especially French history, then, yeah, I would recommend the full original, you know, version. Like, whether you're reading an English translation or not, but you you know what I mean. Like, the full right. version right. of the novel. So, if you're interested in the history of France, and, the co- I, and I guess the purpose is to provide context to the actual plot that's happening to Jean Valjean and Fantine and, you know, later Cosette and all the characters, but... If you just want to know about this is what Jean Valjean went through, this is what happened to Eponine and Fantine and Marius and all that stuff, the edit-down version is more than enough because Mm -hmm. they'll give you a little bit of history to give you some context um, to some of what was going on, but they don't get fully into it. Like, I do remember... In the book, part of the reason why Marius ends up being friends with Eponine. Because in the in the musical, when you get into the second half of the story, you know, which is like when, you know, Cosette is older and then she falls in love with this guy named Marius, right? The reason why he's friends with Eponine is not explained in the musical. But if you read the novel, you find out that part of the reason why he knows her is because supposedly Eponine's father, which is that you know that shady innkeeper, Thernardier. Um, he supposedly assisted Marius's dad in like during the Napoleonic Wars. So after Marius's father dies, he technically has you know has to owe this guy you know a favor like because you know of what the guy did for his dad so he's kind of inherited the quote-unquote you know debt of honor as it were Mm -hmm. so that's why he was interested in trying to find out where this guy is and that's sort of how you know he ends up meeting eponine and they sort of become friends and but that is never covered in the musical like they just establish that they know each other but they never explain it so that kind of bit of history is actually interesting and it is included in the edited version of the novel but you know in the full version they get into the napoleonic wars and the french revolution and that's what leads up to the political stuff that happens you know
1: and yeah. limited
2: So, but yeah it that is hard to slog through as well that can be very difficult to get through but
1: yeah yeah you know. it's my favorite musical by the way
2: oh yes absolutely i agree i agree uh, it is very really good.
1: It is a good musical, but I still think *The Phantom of the Opera* is my absolute favorite musical. Mm, of all that's time.
0: another good one. That that's a very yeah, that good, one, really good, good one. one. I've seen that a couple of yeah. times. I actually
2: read it as well. That, I've, that,
1: actually, I've never actually read that one. Surprisingly enough, I've never actually read that one.
2: Yeah, I you know if you really like Phantom, you might want to give it a try. I mean, it mm-hmm. it's really interesting to read because it is like definitely your classic gothic romantic novel in the sense in 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 the more literary classic sense of gothic and romantic not like romance novels you know right right for those of for those listeners out there who aren't that familiar with like literary stuff and literary terminology we're talking about like
1: it's not no offense sam it's not danielle Steele romance novel (laughs)
2: No, that's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, I I I just not, that's that's not I mean I will I've read romance novels and I don't mind romance novels but that's not they're not my thing of to my go-to to read. Right. So, it's it's yeah, a guilty cool. pleasure. And there's that's nothing wrong with that. That's what it.
0: it is
2: for me. It's a guilty pleasure.
1: And there's nothing wrong with that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean for me like yeah, yeah. No, go ahead yeah I mean, like, like I said, like, I forget which episode it was now, but a while back, but um, some episodes ago, but I did mention that, like, for me, romance novel novels are almost as fantastical in in a, in a sense, ah uh, as like, you know, Lord of the Rings would be, because you know some of some of the situations that happens in these like romance novels, they don't happen in real life. You know, it's just like it's just like it's a different kind of fantasy that you kind of transport yourself into when you read like soppy love stories with like, you know, where like the ordinary girl gets to end up with a hot guy. (laughs) Isn't that like a fantasy for most of us out there?
0: Yes. And you know what I hate? I hate as much as I love those books. I hate those books for that because now I have these high expectations of getting this gorgeous hot guy and it is never going to happen. I know (laughs) because no matter what anyone says, I could be great on the inside, but I got to have a little something on the outside to get someone looking like that.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. Like I said before, like, you know, with pride and prejudice, it's like the whole Mr. Darcy thing, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah.
1: it's one reason why all three of us are still single. So like we have these unrealistic expectations of what we want uh the guy to be and even though we know they're unrealistic we can't let go of them or maybe that's just me
0: no you're 100 percent right and i blame books and movies because they give yep. you those unrealistic expectations every time
2: yep yep hence why my i comment. want i want a book or a movie that tells me the damn truth I mean, it's kind of like like yeah. literally what I was saying before. It's like, you know, romance novels are almost a fantasy yeah. just as much as Lord of the Rings is. And yeah. Exactly. I mean,
1: where, where is my Aragorn? That's what I want to know. Where is he? <laughs> Damn it. Where is the man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Too funny. Or my little. Well, so, I don't so, care. I'm, I'm not piggy.
0: <laughs> funny, funny little side story. So, my boss. Um, you know, he and I have known each other now for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. He calls me a hobbit because I am very short. So I started calling him Gandalf. And he'd be like, <laughs> I'm not, because he has, he has gray hair. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, you're Gandalf the gray. I was like, you're not even Gandalf the white. Like, you're not even that special. Like, you're Gandalf the gray. And he was like, Psh, I'm Aragorn. I was like, you wish. <laughs> he was like, insult by lord of the rings it's like fantastic <laughs> that's sorry. how much of nerds that we really are that we insult each other via lord of the rings characters
2: oh <laughs> uh, that's how you know you're in deep yeah. oh god it's terrible it's great yeah. but it's terrible at the same time
1: right but, uh, yeah, but i'm what, looking keep, forward to... to i i keep expecting one of them to show up i don't care who
0: just knock on your door
1: yeah i mean at this point for god's sakes i'd even take one of the fucking hobbits
0: pardon my French hey you know i had a huge crush on elijah wood when i first started watching and then i was like damn no mm-mm. <laughs> he was cuter when he was a kid
1: well i mean i can't say i grew up watching him i literally No, me too up- Like literally grew up because we're—he's only like a year older than me, so it's like we—I grew up with him, watching his movies, and I was just like, always had a huge crush on him. Always thought he was a good actor, Mm -hmm. and and all that. And then it's like I still had a slight crush on him, and then and then it was Aragorn, and I was just like, okay, I'm done.
0: And I became more of a Legolas. Um, Orlando Bloom is beautiful. You can't deny that. So.
1: I'll tell you, another one that did not get nearly enough was How Dear. He mm-hmm. was only in a few scenes in a couple of the movies, but that does oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, But I am looking forward. Uh, I'll be going on vacation in a couple weeks. So, like, I'm, like, planning what books I'm going to read. Mm-hmm. And my sister had given me um, a book. It's actually The Godfather. Ooh, so, um, it, which is a fantastic movie. If no one's Thank ever seen it, you need movie. to go see it. Uh, but I'm, I'm I want to read the book because mm-hmm. it is a little bit, according to my sister, it is a little bit different than mm-hmm. the movies. So I'm excited about that. So that's definitely a book that I'll be reading.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm actually in the middle of the first Bridgerton book we were ta- we just we talked about a little bit ago. Uh, right. that's mm-hmm the I'm so I'm kinda about a fourth of the way through the Duke and I, I, I don't have a lot of time to read at night. Cause I usually so tired. I just fall asleep. When I get <laughs> my head, hits and I'm just like, I'm out. I'm done. Right. But when I do read, I've been reading that. And then my dad right now is actually reading the secret wife of Aaron Burr, which is the one I just, just bought like last week. I literally just bought it last week. So he's reading that one right now and he says it's really good.
0: So I'll have to look look into that one. Cuz I do like books about real life people. Yeah, I
1: do too. You know, especially Sometimes. like
0: historical figures. Mm-hmm. It's like you learn things that you may not have learned anywhere else. Right?
1: So it's like that'll oh. be so it'll be interesting to actually see what it's about and actually read it. And then I'd actually like to go back and read some of the um, novels that I haven't read in a very long time, like uh, Fahrenheit 451, Animal Farm. Oh, Animal
2: Farm is very good.
1: It is. It's an I've read it before. Um, right. I, I want to read it again. Um, 1984. Some of the more classic, um, not so much satirical, but they're they're like classic. Um, parallels i guess you could say to the way some things seem to be going in our country in the world now
2: which really tells you about how good of a writer george orwell actually Mm -hmm. is
1: exactly exactly
2: um actually just to circle back to like what you guys were just talking about like a couple minutes ago about like real life people Mm -hmm. you know um it's not actually a fiction uh, book, but actually, you guys, if you're really open-minded about reading about like real-life people, um, there's actually this really interesting book. Um, I haven't read it in a while, but I highly recommend it. Actually, it's called um, uh, E equals MC squared: the biography of the world's most famous um, most famous equation. Um, the author's name is David Bodanis. Um, it's actually a very interesting book. So what he does is he breaks up, you know, the different elements of the whole E equals MC square formula. And he basically explains the origin of like where those concepts came from. And you are actually learning, you're actually getting kind of like a mini biography of each of the scientists and in some cases, the mathematicians that discovered those concepts. And it's actually very interesting because I, when I was reading it, I learned about so many of these interesting people that I had never, most of them I had never heard of before. Um, one of the more interesting ones was the one who figured out the square part of the formula. It was actually a woman by the name of Emily Duchatelet, that's her married name, um, de Chatelet. Um, she was actually a mathematician in the early 1700s during, like, the time of Louis the Fifteenth, I think it was. And she had such a brilliant mathematic mind that not many people initially took her seriously because, you know, she's a woman and she's from noble noble family and stuff like that but at the same time because she comes from a noble family her family could afford to hire tutors willing to teach a girl very like what was at the time very advanced mathematics because she was interested in it and she was very good at it you know so you you learn all these interesting stories like that while reading this book and understanding this very interesting but very complex equation that you know Dr Albert Einstein created so yeah i highly recommend it if you guys are interested in that sort of thing to check that one out even though it's not fiction per se um the other interesting side note i should mention is the only reason why i even knew this book existed was because i forget when this was but it must have been at least 10 years ago now um on pbs um the nova series the nova science series they actually had um they actually showed a dramatic you know reenactment of those different stories from the book so you had you know sections where they had actors playing Emily du Chatelet and Voltaire who is like for anyone who's familiar with french literature is like a very famous very famous dramatist in the 1700s um the two of them were actually lovers at one point and they were both running a salon together where they were talking with other writers and scientists you know trading ideas and stuff like that which is cool as well um that was how i discovered that this book existed and i actually read the thing and i thought wow this is amazing and um actually the same author he wrote not a sequel but a similar book where he just concentrated only on emily du chatelet and that that i never finished i never finished that book all the way through but i really should cuz it's so good and so interesting all right anything else you want to add
1: read more books people <laughs> books can be an absolute no seriously for for people that say they hate reading i'm telling you pick up find your favorite genre of film that just this is this is my advice Find whatever type of film you absolutely love. If you love, like, the romantic comedies, you would probably like things like Danielle Steele novels. Try one. Pick one up. If you like the more fantasy uh, versions, like the more fantasy films, then I seriously, I suggest things like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And you know, just Oh, yes. Pick right. a book up and, re- and just try it. I'm I guarantee you once you start reading and once you just develop that love of reading, you will never be bored a day in your life.
2: Oh yeah, and and speaking of, um, you know, Dune is coming out. Dune yeah. is like a huge series of books.
1: Yeah, and that's but it's more like it's like a sci-fi fantasy. So if you like the sci-fi, if you like like um star wars and star trek and things like that dude might be a good might be a good book for you to for for people
2: yeah exactly exactly
1: um yeah the big thing is like you kind of have to
0: find your your taste
1: yeah your 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 niche your wherever you're most comfortable reading
2: Uh, i already like kind of took up some time like recommending a couple different books um do you guys have any other recommends as well? Just so we kind of balance this out a little bit.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, th- I, I honestly think like if it's, if you're not a huge fan of, of reading, but you have a favorite movie that, you know, is an adaptation from a book, I would definitely maybe even start with that because you know the story, but you'll actually see how much better the book is compared to the movie so it'll help you kind of Mm -hmm. learn how much better books are than you know movies and tv shows and stuff like that because you really get the Mm -hmm. inner workings of characters you know thought process and why certain things happen and things that were taken out because they didn't feel that it was important enough to stay in and stuff like that so that also might help if you're not interested in reading maybe find something that you're already a fan of that you know comes from a book and read the book
1: um I guess for me if any recommendations I would have if people like adventure mystery novels like I've mentioned them a couple of times um anything by Steve berry is they're so good uh, James Rawlings is another his his Sigma Force series is so good, but for me, uh, Douglas Preston and and Lincoln Child, uh, the very first book they wrote was Relic. But the very first book I ever read by them was one called The Cabinet of Curiosities. I would suggest picking that book up if you really like the. It's almost um. It's a murder mystery world time traveling kind of adventure it's really it's it's really hard to describe the book it's just really good though and i really think starting with it you'll you'll get drawn into the world of these care of the character and then you'll you'll be like oh now i have to go read the rest and because that's what i did
2: Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch us next
1: time.
0: And see what we're going to talk about.
1: Because the three fates decide.